Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. So I am sitting up here today uh, watching my hair grow because I have not had a haircut in in months. Back in March, I told myself I wasn't going to get a haircut until I got on an airplane. And I got on one airplane back in September. And I thought that was the end of that. And I was like, well, clearly this whole thing is going to be over. Now here I am again, just sitting here watching my hair grow again. You know, it's not the most exciting way to pass the time, but it, it, it keeps me keeps me sane. Um, I have been thinking a lot about being a an expat. I'm an American who lives in Canada for reasons that I, I think are beneficial to me and my family. But I am luckily enough that I'm a permanent resident. And I was starting to think about a lot of the people who are living and working abroad on visas and under so many different circumstances that that suit them better. And this pandemic has really put a lot of people in in a state of uncertainty. They really don't know what is the best path. They don't know if they should if they have to return, if they can stay, if they can get creative. So I thought I would talk to somebody today who has a, a very unique insight on that and who can kind of help us get a, a perspective on what's going on in that world. I hope uh, you'll all welcome Cha Z with me today. She is a lighting designer at C Lighting Design. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Chris, and to all the PLSN listeners. Thank you for having <laughs> me today. You're laughing already. Everybody welcomes you. Uh, all the PLSN listeners, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for them to, to I'm hear. I'm very you. excited to talk about my experience, your experience, everyone's experience in this pandemic. Yeah, there's, uh, there's so many people having so many different different experiences here. Some people think it's the greatest thing in the world. Some people are like, this is terrible. It's, oh my God, tell it's me very that. unique. It's very unique, unprecedented. Yeah. You know, when I moved here in New York, in New York, when 2014, so seven years ago now, I was like, oh my God, this is the melting pot of lighting design. I want to go there. Yeah. Literally. I packed my bags and I was like, I'm going to go to NYU. I got in. I was like, me and my family was celebrating. Had I known that Broadway is going to stop, off Broadway is going to stop during a pandemic. I'm like, oh my God. Now it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, where, well, what am I going to do now? There's no lighting design. So to back up just a little bit, you're from the Philippines. I'm from Manila, Philippines, uh, born and raised. Moved to United States 2014 for my master's degree in NYU for lighting design under Tisch School of the Arts. Graduated my MFA 2017. And, you know, ever since then, I started working as a freelance lighting designer um, in New York, in mostly in the Northeast region of uh, regional theaters. And pandemic happened. So you did it. Like you, you fulfilled your dream. You moved to New York, got your MFA. And then a lot of people don't get to start working immediately. Like you made it happen. I mean, for me, it was one of those things where I, I just never stop day and night while people are sleeping. I'm still working. You know, people woke up and I'm still working. I just hustled you know, like 
10 times as much. And when, when the pen, you know, March 14, I remember 2020, um, I was doing a show in, in Kansas City. And we, all of the designers were watching the news because we don't know if we're gonna get stuck in Kansas City. Like by getting stuck, we mean, can we not take the plane? a bus from Kansas, from Missouri to New York City. And we were like, whatever happens, if we need to walk, pack your luggage, let's get it on, let's walk, you know, maybe three weeks. But, you know, I'm just being hopeful and I'm just, you know, but at, at, the, at the same time, it's, it's a show that, you know, we work on for three weeks and then our opening night, March 15, became the closing night. So it became a clopening night. <laughs> clopening. <laughs> Happy clopening. You, the, the, I know. You don't even it get to finish so the term break and let it. You're like, oh, you're closed. You know, it was so weird because everyone was so considerate and everyone was like, we worked so hard on that show for, for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, our clopening night is a camera. And, you know, at that time, we were all in shock. But I didn't realize that camera is the new way to feature live performances, you know. And at that time, it was very fresh. Like, you know, it was for the theater company's documentation. Like, you know, they, they're going to put it in their archives. And we were like, we're so sad. We're crying. But at the same time, fine. We don't have a choice. March 16, we were all back in New York, ready to lock down. Isn't that crazy? That is uh that's a sideswipe for sure. Who could have foreseen that? Yeah, and then I, I and then March 16, I had a focus of one of my shows here in New York. So originally my schedule was like open a show there and then everything was good. After the opening night, I'm gonna fly back to New York, focus this show. This other show that I was supposed to focus just never happened up until now. The the light plot is still hung. And it's been like what? It's been eight months, nine months now. I don't even know what time is anymore. But I don't even know what day it is. Hung there. And our sets is still there. It's like shut down. Everything was shut down. So yeah, that's Man. that's my life in a <laughs> paragraph. Okay. So what you've just described sounds terrible. And then for an American citizen, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to go find another job. But you're on a student visa? I'm or on what? an O-1 visa. O-1 visa means it's an artist visa. In America, an artist visa means extraordinary ability visa. That's that's how you call them extraordinary okay. visa. And then in my mind, I'm like, I'm not extraordinary. I'm just ordinary, but I got to be extraordinary. What that means is there's no such thing as, you know, lighting design for theater, for environment, lighting is very niche. So in the application of like what an artist visa is, I should be a Grammy winner. I should be a Pulitzer. And I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like, but I just literally graduated from school. Like, how do I acquire or obtain these like things? Like it's very elite. It's very, you know, I should be Oscars, Grammys. And I'm like, I'm just chassis. I don't know a thing. So what what an O1 visa means is that. You, you, you basically have to work because you cannot not have any work within 90 days. After 90 days and you don't have a work, that means they're going to flag your name. You, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's like, so what does that mean? Like right now in this pandemic, you can only work I, I can only work for lighting design industry, meaning there's no theater. Maybe I can do some lighting design work for a garden, for 
anything that comes up into your mind just as long as it's lighting. But where is lighting right now in our pandemic? Like, concert, I cannot do that because, you know, concert is still not back. Theater, I cannot, well, we've mentioned I cannot do that anymore. So basically, I'm fucked. <laughs> so you can't work and you can't fly home either. That's right. Those are the two realities that, you know, I'm facing. And at the end of the day, I'm just hopeful that, you know, theater goes back. Like a lot of the theater companies, for instance, in New York, is really hearing what Sea Lighting Foundation is saying. Because with our visa, whatever, if I'm a costume designer, if I'm a scenic designer, sound designer, it has to be in line with our so-called artist visa, whatever we're, whatever we've applied for. But the thing is, it's so hard because I want to, you know, what if I want to be a bartender on the side? What if I want to be serving in a grocery store? What if I want to do this? What if I want to do that? Those are the things that you're not allowed to do, except for literally strictly lighting design purposes. So a lot of the theater companies in New York are hearing what our needs are. So for instance, I'm a design dramaturg for like upcoming playwrights in a theater company. Oh, that that is doable. Or, you know, for some of my friends who are like costume designers, oh, I can come up with like, um, <clears throat> design research for a show that will be put up in 2023. You know, those are the things that are happening right now. But I think what we're trying to say is that we're fucked. We need help now. So what Chazi has done is she has created a, a website called the seelightingfoundation.com. <laughs> I'll link it in the, in the description. Basically what that is, is it's a, a place where people can go and they can understand the situation that people like Cha are in where they can't work, they can't go home, they can't get another job because technically that's illegal. Uh, they Working under the table is nearly impossible. These are, There are very few people hiring. You're not able to get any financial support from the local or state governments as far as I know. You can you can apply. So this thing about um, unemployment benefits, though, it's very tricky because it can impose risk for us. Like they can flag you because what? Let's let's define public charge first. You know. Okay. A lot of us don't know what public charge is. As a visa holder, I cannot apply for food stamps. I cannot be under Medicaid. I cannot apply for unemployment. But then during the beginning of the pandemic, these are all, all things that we cannot do. Like it's public charge. Like they're just going to flag me and deport me, you know? And so over the course of, I think after five months and correct me if I'm wrong, after five months in the middle of the pandemic, they lifted the public charge of access to unemployment benefits. Because okay. probably they're like, what else can we do? Like, we can't go back home. We can't earn money. We can't access food stamps. We can't access anything. An American citizen can access so many things, but us, we cannot. Or like, if you apply for an unemployment right now, it's not considered as public charge, but it will impose risk on your application that you you've literally, I'm going to use this word, you've literally benefited, quote unquote, from the, from a normal citizen's benefits, if that makes sense. So right. It's hard. <laughs> you know, it's it like, is hard. Like, what are we going to do? You know, it's a lot of, a lot of my colleagues in the theater are like, where's our secretary for arts and culture here? You know, it's like, Films are slowly going back. Studio works in films, you know, pre-production, post-production for them. Let's talk about theater. 
like when are we like what is what is the plan and if that plans if that plan is successful what are we gonna do as members of you know a union or like designers what are we gonna do like there's no plan there's no there's basically there's no one up above there to say oh theater is broadway's close it's a there is no secretary of the arts and culture uh, yeah. we've been pushing for it for several years even quincy jones went up all <laughs> the way to congress to lobby for it and you know and it's like it's you know it's america america's the strongest country in the world and that's how at least from my perspective is as a filipino from the philippines but during a pandemic i hope that we can all help each other and just really you know acknowledge that there are some people who need more help than us and if my senior broadway designers are crying for help if broadway is crying for help what more off broadway what more you know cruises my friend mm -hmm. who's a stage manager in a cruise line uh norwegian they shut down march up until now they're still not working you know and so we need to come up with a plan and i don't know what that plan is but maybe it's like <clears throat> just acknowledge the fact that theater workers that theater might not go back to whatever normal is and if there's a new normal what is that plan mm -hmm. yeah those are all very good questions i don't think anybody has any answers quite yet <laughs> so it what's unfortunate here is that you are the pinnacle of what everybody's looking for in an immigrant, somebody who wants to be in the New York, in the New York area so bad, they're willing to pack up everything, work hard to make it. That is the American dream that has been talked about for so many years. That is exactly the sort of reason why immigration exists. That's what we hope to achieve by, by building up the society to a place where people want to move there. And it happened perfectly. Uh, you know, the plan worked. And now that you're the one that needs help, like, everybody just turns their back on you, uh, especially at the, the state and federal level. That's got to be terribly frustrating. You know, and it's frustrating and it's like depressing, to be honest. Like there, you know, I, I can talk to you right now, like being excited and all, but oh my God, the, the numbers of sleepless nights that, you know, I needed to talk to my landlord. I needed to talk to my agent. I needed to talk to basically everyone in like around my life that I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have anything. My income stopped and probably everything will stop, you know? And I think one of the that's one of the reasons why I co-founded Sea Lighting Foundation was because, you know, the, the, the story is that I was just sitting on my couch, June, I think this was already in June. And I was like, I'm talking to my friends and who are also O1 holders, visa holders. And we we're like, I mean, what are we gonna do? Like, this is literally the, the reason why we left our country to pursue this, this, and that. Like, we don't, at least for me in my experience, I don't have a family to go back home to. I don't have like the upstate New York that, hey, mom and dad, there's pandemic, can I just crash and, you know, just leave my apartment, Airbnb and out, or like, just leave it. I don't have that. I, I'm, I'm alone. But I'm not alone because of my friends. But, you know, um, so I was starting, I was like, I'm just going to start this GoFundMe. So I started <clears throat> this GoFundMe campaign. I was really ambitious. I was like, I'm just going to put 80000 on the goal. And I didn't know how GoFundMe worked. So literally, there's a button that says add organizer. So I added 20 of my colleagues 
they don't know this, Chris. Like, they don't have any idea what's in my mind. Like, I was just in my couch with my phone. Like, and then all of a sudden, 10 of my friends were like, what the fuck are you doing? What is this? Why is my name in this GoFundMe? I'm like, oh my God. I thought I'm sharing it with you. I didn't know that it's literally adding as an organizer. Like, what an idiot, right? And so... You know, it happened very quickly within a span of two weeks. It blew up and, you know, we reached our goal. And it just 80,000. Yeah. And it just says help immigrant artists. So, in my mind, while I was like sitting on this couch that I never told my friends what's in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to supply $500 micro grant for every month for the next six months. And during that time, my timeline was like six months, meaning this pandemic is over and the theater doors are back to normal. We're open again. Okay. And so that's the whole reason, that's the whole point why, why I did this is because also mentally, everyone was challenged mentally and emotionally. And I'm like, I don't want to happen. What I don't want to happen is that when theater doors are now back, we're all sitting there super tired, super depressed, super lonely because we didn't take care of our mental health. For me, it's not about the money. It's about the idea that I'm not alone because I got friends who are experiencing the same thing. And so might as well just help each other. And at that time, literally Chris all of the applications that I've done I'm not eligible it's for playwrights it's for directors it's for actors but none of these grants are for designers for artisans for props people for stage managers so I'm like I'm just gonna do it by myself and we'll see what happens and so the GoFundMe blew up because suddenly now people are like holy shit we've got our immigrant theater friends who are also suffering we've forgotten about them and so Uh it blew up now i was like well i'm a designer i wasn't trained to be a fundraiser i was already nervous at that time because i was like shit like what am i going to do with my tax prep what am i going to do with like this i you know i don't have a 501c3 for taxes And so luckily, a lot of people volunteered to help this this drive, this call for action. And one of them is Ars Nova, the theater company. And they're our uh, fiscal sponsor. So anything above 5,000, you have to go through Ars Nova and then they will contact me. They will communicate with me on how to distribute funds. And you know, um, a lot of theater companies as well heard it. So they have the power to do that. So, you know, after I think starting October, and this was already very late in the, in, in the game, you know, that they were like, oh, let's, let's consider designers. Not okay. only we will consider designers, but we were con- consider international designers because like I've said, we need help more than, you know, like, like, like our other people, we need your, we need your help too. So I was very pleased to see that October, 2020 TCG um, had a fundraiser also like um, Playwrights Realm had an international theater makers award where uh, the winner will basically have an immigration lawyer and they don't need to pay for the lawyer. That's, that's the, which is amazing. Amazing. That's awesome. All the ways I'm like, you know, it's, and you, you feel me on this, Chris, you know, every, every time you have a project, you don't want to be like, I'm an immigrant. I need to do a lot of things and I need to pay for a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like it's just within you sitting like yeah. You don't want to broadcast what you need in life, but 
now in this pandemic, it's being highlighted in a way that, oh my God, I need to renew my visa. Otherwise I'm gonna get deported. And in this pandemic, if I get deported, chances are I won't be able to go back. What about my dog? What about the life that I built? What about my ho new home, New York? You know, it's, those are my outer ego talking to me. I was like, but you just gotta stand up and find your allies, you know, and just work your way around. Finances. It's so easy for people to just overlook that you have everything to lose. It's yeah it's, it's frightening it's frightening in all departments like the by departments i mean departments in your life like you know i have my work so right now i don't have that i have friends but we're all very poor and we're helping each other with groceries and rent i have my partner but what about if i get deported like my friend you know, a friend of mine just like four months ago got deported. And I'm like, what about the life that she's built? And it can really easily happen to me, you know? Like, what about the life that I built here in New York? You know, a lot of people, I hate this question. Why don't you just go back home? It's easier. You know, like this question that I've been getting while I'm in New York before pandemic and during pandemic, why don't you just go home? It's easier. You have your parents there. And I'm like, why don't you go home? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's not as easy to answer that question. Like you've literally left your country to pursue these things that you've been dreaming. Lighting design is here in New York. This is the perfect melting pot to apply whatever you've learned, whatever you want to do, whatever yeah. you've been dreaming of here in the melting pot of theater. You know, so that's, that's my complicated answer to a question, why don't you just go home, child? It's, it's better. Like, just go back to Manila. You're going to be with your parents and with your relatives. I'm like, why don't you just go home? <laughs> because this is where I've created my life. I, you know, you sacrificed a lot of who you are and what you, what, what was in Manila to be the new Shah, the new, you know, to move forward and be the best you can be. I mean, if you make it in New York, you've made it. Yeah, I mean, exactly, Chris, and you can understand that, but, you know, like you said earlier, that I totally agree with is that it can be easily overlooked. Like, you know, like, yo, guys, we're talking about life here, you know, it's serious. So, yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, with this Sea Lighting Foundation, we started, basically, we started giving um, $500 each month to an international um, immigrant theater artist. Now we're on the month of October, which means it started June. Basically, I'm still raising funds for 60 artists. And by 60 artists, we still have 13 on the wait list. And so it's it's heartwarming, but at the same time, you know, if you see the emails that, you know, sometimes it's like, it puts weight on me because I couldn't sleep at night knowing that we need, like for the month of October, we need to send $500 more to each um, artist that are like, probably we've got 21 of them waiting and we're already in January 27. We're behind by October, November, December, January, four months. So we've raised $134,000 and the goal right now is $180,000 for, you know, just 500. And what is 500 in the grand scheme of things? It's not a lot, but it can help a lot, at least with groceries, 
addition mm-hmm. to rent or like subscription to I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be heart-wrenching to be able to save so many and still not be able to save everybody. I know. It's like it's it's been a challenge for me, you know, like I I go I go talk to myself and I'm like you got to sleep cha or like because who would have thought that back in the day that I was in that couch who would have thought that I'm going to be a fundraiser I was trained to be a lighting designer like I don't know how to talk to rich people I don't know how you know like I It's a I skill. Know, yeah, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to do these things. I know how to light, but I don't know how to, like, just sit still and talk to rich people and say, we need help, you know? But at the end of the day, I gotta, I gotta do that because, you know, behind me are 63 artists waiting for these monthly micro grants and and sometimes it's like hard for me because whatever happens, even though a lot of people, a lot of my, my therapist even said, yo, cha, like, just stop. It's not your, you know, just, just don't think about it. It's not your responsibility. You know, at the end of the day, you're, you're helping so many people, but then I'm like, but it's not enough. You know, you see in the spreadsheet, I still got 13 more artists for the month of September and for the month of October were very behind like you know it's it's hard and it's it's been in my head for like the day that I started to go fund me all the way that we transitioned to a website you know all the way to having a fiscal sponsor and I'm like I don't know anything about taxes I don't know anything about talking to rich people I don't know I don't know anything about fundraising what do you mean like you know so uh so this cause has a uh, sparks me to to really care because these are the people that we need the most in the industry. These are the people that have come from far and wide to bring new opinions, new ideas from all over the world, and then to bring their arts and their culture to New York City to make New York City and and theater as a whole that much more diverse and that much more interesting. And so for you to be able to reach out and like, Hey, we need you to stay here. Let's all pool our collective efforts to keep you here. That must be very inspiring. You know, it is inspiring and I'm focusing on that, you know, you you know, and I'm, I'm very happy that Playbill featured us three times already because they think that they believe that what what we're calling for is something very serious you know i'm like you haven't met my co-founders kimia and rodrigo but amongst the three of us i'm the mascot you know kimia is like the one really talking about sea lighting you know like very she can explain to you what the experiences are and i'm just like the mascot like I'm getting thrown everywhere just like just just talk to them and be like I'm like I cannot do that but at the end of the day these are the people or that I'm getting inspired by because the two of them have the audacity and have the strength also to keep it together well me I'm like oh my god what am I you know you know what I mean that and at the same time I'm getting inspired by people who are actively participating in our call for funds, for like diversity, you know, for inclusion, for mm-hmm. our rights as well. But right now we're solely focused on this pandemic, but it doesn't mean, or it doesn't diminish the fact that you know, being a BIPOC artist, you're you're still thinking of other elements. But right now, we just need the money, period. We need right. help now. Yeah. And On your O one one visa, you, can you still travel? Like if, uh, if, if the theater, uh, if a theater in the UK called and they, they needed you to do a project, can you travel right now? 
So right now, and by right now, you mean this pandemic or in general? Pandemic in general, pandemic first, in general, second. Pandemic, no, I can't travel because, and it and it's linked with my answer with in general. As a Filipino, I, I have my O-1 visa. And then in this O-1 visa, you're going to be given a, a, a paper that says, hey, Cha, you're an O-1 visa holder, whatever, whatever, yada, yada. But then you have your passport. So in this passport, you have to go back home. By home, I mean Manila. And get a schedule there to have your passport stamped that Cha is a bona fide O-1 visa holder. And in this pandemic, they shut down everything. So you, you see, there are two steps. Like, like step one, schedule an appointment with Manila Embassy, U.S. Manila Embassy. And step two is that you, you're going to wait for um, 14 to 21 days until your passport goes back to you with the stamp. So in this stamp, there's, before you even get that stamp, there's another interview that says, is it true that you're an O-1 visa holder? And, I'm, and then I have been delaying the process of me going back home just because I need to allot 31 days or more in order to receive, to schedule that appointment, wait for a uh, schedule for an interview and wait for the approval notice. So the approval of, of the stamp itself takes some time alone, even though you already have the paper that says you're an O-1. Isn't that crazy? That is too, that is completely overly bureaucratic to me. Yeah, so then, so then me in this pandemic, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I've scheduled my flight. I bought a ticket because it's super on sale. Everything is on sale. So now I'm scheduled to go back home August. August, I hope that there's no more Corona, but we'll see what happens. But that's what I need to do in order to go back here in America because I won't be able to go back without that stamp on my passport, let alone I already have the paper, the single piece of paper from the government here in the United States saying, I'm an O-1 holder, I've got to prove. Because the next thing is that the interview in the U.S. Embassy in Manila. So it's the same for, for all of the immigrants, like if you're from Mexico, if you're from Iran, but... Like I've said in the beginning while we were discussing, it's like a country per country thing because my best friend is Iranian and the travel ban is crazy. So now that Biden has lifted his travel ban, he's like, I've been here seven years, you know, and I want to see my family, but he doesn't have the means because he's from Tehran, Iran. So... It's one of those things where it's like, did I know about O-1 visa when I went here to United States of America? No. And if I knew that this was going to happen, will I still go? Probably yes. But I could have, I could have like prepared myself, but who can prepare for a pandemic? No one. Right. So ultimately, we're just doing our best here. At the end of the day, what, one thing that I get really inspired by is everyone is just doing their best. You're doing your best. I'm doing my best. My neighbors are doing their best. My dog is doing his best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our cats are doing our best. Everyone's trying so hard to do their best. Yeah. So you touched on the fact that you have to go back to Manila. And then you and I both know... But that that alone, just to go visit your parents, maybe for dinner, get a stamp from some guy in a suit. Who eats burger? Yeah, you know, you know, you know that he may or may not feel good that day. Maybe he had a fight with his his children that morning. He's, you know, what? I'm not going to stamp this. Screw you. And there is nothing you and I can do about it. We both know that. 
that's a risk and it, it it's a violation of human rights but because they had a bad day there's there's nothing we can do yo you're the first interviewer who can really understand what it means to be an immigrant because that happens a lot when there's you know like that booth where you get your interview or like you get your stamp and they're like eating their burger and was like what's this lighting design you know so now all of my like my lawyers would say your name or whatever show you've done it has to be on google it has to be on anything because these people don't know anything about lighting design let alone yeah sound design projection design you know our job is very particular it's very you know it's a special thing that not everyone is aware of and so i totally a hundred percent hear you when you say that and you know these are people with suits on that symbolizes power and you're sitting there just like god damn it give me that visa let's give, give it to me you know what i mean like just just give it to me because in your approval that means you're approving me to get my american dream that uh, that one action of them just hitting that stamp yeah. is life and death in in many situations it's that dire you know exactly it's exact exactly oh my god it's so crazy we have uh, my wife and i go back and forth all the time and some days we get the good border guards that are just like oh yeah welcome in come on let's have a party let's do a thing other days we get the border guards that are just like I don't like the shirt you're wearing. Go back and get more proof of something. Just just go do some more busy work and come back tomorrow. You're like, are you kidding me? That's, it, I got to get to work. You're just slowing me down. Like I'm here, I'm coming to your country to help you do some things that your people need me to do. You know, I, I'm here to help. Don't, don't shut me down. Right. It's really frustrating. It's really frustrating too at the same time because it's like, you know, part of the thing is that, especially for me, you know, in the airport or in any application, once they see an Asian woman, right away, they have this assumption of that it's weak. It's like, what, Asian woman, like lighting designer, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, anybody got time for that shit? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Hence, in anything that you do as an Asian woman, I feel like you just always have to prove yourself 10 times harder. And it's been frustrating for me, especially when, you know, um, I was in grad school that I needed to go back home and then come back here. And then I had an instance in the immigration where it's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, literally my passport says, like I have that stamp, but that time I was still on student visa. I was like, what more proof? I'm studying here. I just went back for Christmas. Like, and you know, can I just say to all of your listeners right now, by calling the coronavirus a Chinese flu, it just made it worse everything now that I do is like uh, you know like in line with that so it's just hard it's just hard to navigate immigration oh she's from Asia it's not even China it's from the Philippines but it you know Asia is one country anyway you know what I mean like it just makes it so much harder and me sitting here I'm like I just want to I just want to have my American dream. And what is my American dream? My American dream is to settle in life without the noise of like um, people that are against my sexual preference. People who are very toxic. And, you know, I just, I just want to avoid those people and just really be quiet and be still and grab my dream, which is to be a great lighting designer one day. And, you know, have a dog. I got a dog now. So I have one check 
on my American dream. And then, <laughs> you know, it's like... Picket fence is next. That's right. White Ain't picket it. fence. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And I'm like, just, just leave me alone, you know? But at the same time, don't forget that we all need help, you know, especially at this time. <laughs> uh, I think that is, uh, I think more than asking for help, I think that's what a lot of us are just asking for. They just leave me alone. I don't, I don't need your pity. I just need you to not shut down my industry. I just need you to not prevent me from getting work. If you just leave me alone, I have the ingenuity. I have the motivation. I can do some amazing things. I mean, you've shown that you are more than capable of, of, help, of not only helping yourself, but helping others. That's a very nice thing to say, Chris. Yeah, it's just, you know, it. even though we're, I'm ha we're having coffee, you're having your monster drink, you know, at this daylight, I think about these things because when I, when I, when I did that in my couch, all I ever wanted was to have a sense that I have a community and mm. that money. You know, <laughs> yes, both I have are equal. A community that I can talk to. That hey, I'm suffering for from depression right now. Like literally, I left my life in Manila to pursue lighting design, and lighting design is not a thing. And please don't tell me to light a Zoom play because it's just not a thing, you know. And at the same time, I even though even though there's there's now a thing that you can not get evicted after I think 90 days or something, um, you still think of that because you still need to pay rent. Right. So I'm like, you know, with, 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 with having a community and having a sense of like, I know where I'm getting my groceries next week, that, that alone is already a huge help. You know, let's not even talk about lighting design. Let's just talk about living. Because when I was a lighting designer, you know, I wasn't like, I was just, I know for a fact that I was working my ass off, just keep on hustling, back-to-back like -back shows, doing all the things that I've been dreaming of. Like, what if we put this light there? What if we put that light there? But now I have to, I have to sort of like, you know what they say during a pandemic, it's just so hard to run away from yourself because you're all by yourself locked down during a lockdown, you know, like there's mm -hmm. literally, it's like, you have to reflect. And I wish in my goal in Sea Lighting Foundation is that all of these artists, 63 artists know by heart that just like me, we've all got a community and we can help each other and just be going through this together until the theater door reopens. And when that time comes that the theater door reopens, we're standing there, standing there strong and not tired, you know, and excited to work and show our audiences the wild shit that we can do. And that's the goal. It's ambitious, but that's the goal. That's a good goal. We are almost out of time, but uh, one of the questions I really wanted to ask is post pandemic, whenever that may be, what can we do to improve the situation or the working conditions for uh, immigrants and, and refugees and people who are here to help? Like, how can we encourage that? In include us. I always say, include us. Before you speak, listen first. We, we, we need a s seat on the table and hold space for that space. Does that make sense? Like, hold space for us to have that space. And, and don't 
you know, continue striving to improve for better diversity from choosing the play to hiring the designers and all the way to collaborating within the designers and the playwright and the director. Because at the end of the day, it all starts from within us. Learn and learn, acknowledge, you know, celebrate, but include us and acknowledge us that these are different perspectives. I think yeah, that's a good way. That's a very simple way of putting it. I think we all get set in our ways and it, it's very easy to become complacent. You're like, well, this is the way we've always done it. When somebody comes in with a new idea, we're usually very resistant to change, but nowadays we just have to, we have to close our mouths and open our ears and just kind of, Hey, if we need something new, let's listen to people with new and fresh ideas. That's right. I, I totally a hundred percent agree. Just, just include us. And cause you'll never know, you know, you, you might be, just by listening sometimes you can have so many ideas listen to our cry listen to our needs and act on it because it's not a joke especially now in this pandemic like i'm just i'm just saying this lightly but there's such a depth into it there's such a heaviness that we need help and i really want to before we end i really just want to acknowledge your presence and your helping us in the Sea Lighting Foundation. And, you know, it's one of those things that I'm really inspired by. So then tomorrow when I wake up, I got Chris, I got PLS, and, you know, it's like, it's, it might be funny, but at the same time, like, these are the people who freaking supported us the time that we needed it most, you know, and I really just want to acknowledge that and thank you for giving me this space and including me and us in your space. All my pleasure. All my pleasure. I'm going to go right after we uh, hang up. I'm going to go to seelightingfoundation.com and, and chip in my, my fair share. Woohoo! Woohoo! There we go. That's uh, that's how we that's how we keep our, our brothers and sisters here with us. Looks like this is what community looks like. Yes. <laughs> well, I hope that one day when it allows us that we can meet each other, I can go to Canada when the borders are all open for all the countries. I have a hunch that I'll be in New York before you come to Canada. Call yes, it a hunch. I'll, I'll be there. That's right, brother. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Cha. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. <laughs>